Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition to the Family Shift Podcast. We are joined with a live podcast audience, and we want to say a very special welcome to all of you that are here in the podcast studio with us, but we also want to say welcome to those of you that are watching and listening. Would all of you give them a round of applause and welcome them into this month's episode. This is the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Well, my name is Rodney Gage. This is my wife, Michelle. Hi, everybody. And we are your host of the Family Shift Podcast, a podcast that is designed to help families stop drifting and to start living with greater intention. And before we dive into today's coaching, we would love it and really appreciate it if you would rate and review this podcast. You can also share it with friends online through social media. That would mean so much to us because we really want to make a difference and help people live with greater intention in their marriages and in their families. And today we're talking about one of the most challenging topics in marriage and families. And it's one of the most asked questions that we get when we talk to families and to couples. And that is how to balance work and home. It's a it's a big question. That's a loaded question. Yes, how to balance work and home, work and family. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult topic to address yes. because we're fellow strugglers. We all <laughs> fall into this category, Absolutely. no matter what age or stage you're in. Yeah. Um, but it is a very important topic. And I think what we're going to be talking about is something that I think uh, we can all relate to. But I think it's something that we need to also really force ourselves to really stop and think about Mm -hmm. when it comes to the pace that most of us live and um, really the toll that it takes on our lives and and really those things that are most important to us, which is our relationships. Right. Uh, I can remember when I was a kid, my favorite toy was a toy called Stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Now, Stretch Armstrong was a unique toy, and the reason why is because it was kind of this gel-filled substance, I guess, that was inside Stretch Armstrong. It was just like a little action, um, you know, hero figure. And so Stretch um, was about 15 inches, I think, in overall diameter. But what was interesting is that because of what it was actually made out of, you could take the arms, you could take the legs, you could even take the neck of Stretch Armstrong, and you literally could stretch it across the room upwards to sometimes four to five feet. And then, you know, of course, as as guys, you know, we were young and rambunctious. A lot of times what we would even try to do is just actually see how much we could actually stretch stretch Armstrong without actually tearing. And uh, of course, we learned how to stretch it to the max. And of course, it would tear. And then what was crazy is they gave you like these little uh, band-aids inside the box that was kind of like to help repair stretch if it got overstretched. I didn't know about the band-aids. But unfortunately, it didn't work. Stretch was never quite the same when it was stretched to its max. But you know, when I got to thinking about that, that is also um, a picture of what I think a lot of modern day families Um, look like and even go through because even Stretch Armstrong had his limitations. And Mm -hmm. even though you tried to repair, um, you know, Stretch after he was torn, he was never quite the same. And I think that's also true with a lot of um, couples. I think also a lot of family relationships where they are stretched um, to the point of sometimes being torn. Uh, Obviously, we have marriages that are being torn apart, family relationships that are being torn apart. And sometimes things aren't ever quite the same because 
they were stretched beyond their limitations. Right, right. Um, I read an interesting article, um, and it was the Small Business Trends. And out of 38 countries surveyed, from one being the best and 38 being the worst, America ranked number 30. Wow. Kind of crazy. In balancing work and home. Full-time U.S. workers spend an average of 8.15 hours per day working, in addition to 33%, this shocked me, work on Saturdays and Sundays and the holidays. That's a lot of work. Um, Which leads to the reason why 66% of all full-time employees strongly believe that they do not have a healthy balance of work and life. Um, and when you think of all the hours that are spent on top of that, caring for kids, caring for aging parents, um, finishing education, doing extracurricular things that yep. we all feel the pressure to do, um, the activities, and even taking care of our homes, which, you know, inside our homes, sometimes it suffers, our household, um, it can get out of control. We feel so stretched to the point a breaking and tearing. And it's one of the major reasons why marriages and families find themselves drifting away from the things that are truly most important to them. And that's their relationships with each other. We're just so stressed and max. I remember uh, when we had our first baby, we would travel um, before we had Rebecca and um, I came off the road and came home to be full-time mom. And um, I remember being so stressed out as a mom for the first time. I know there's some some first-time moms in the audience tonight that are getting ready to experience this. And I remember when she was screaming and crying, And but I finally got her to sleep, and I'm in the kitchen cooking, and I sit down at the table, and I start to take my first bite of my dinner. And you know what happened? She begins to scream again. I thought I would never eat again in my life. Uh, But I was so stressed and maxed, and I had no idea what was getting ready to happen to me because we had two more children. And, um, you know, of course, by choice, and we loved having children, but it was, it's been not an easy road. And you think it's your, your, going to be out of a certain season, like we're in seasons of busyness and that we can't seem to get it all done. But it seems like every season is busy in our lives. I, you know, we had, I remember a season when the kids were in three different schools. So I was carpooling three different schools and that's the season that I began to drink coffee. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Had a little cup of joe on the way to school. Haven't stopped yet. Yeah, since then, I I made it all that way, but now I'm drinking coffee. And and now we're getting ready to go into a season where all three of our children are going to live in different cities. It's crazy. It's just always busy with work and with family, with all the things that we have going on in our lives. Yeah, you know what's crazy is when you... I I found this to be um, true when you're in a conversation with somebody. And what's crazy, it's almost like we have become so... um, I don't know. I, I think it's just we're so programmed with the pace and the lifestyle that we keep. Right. It's like when you begin a conversation with somebody, and you just simply just ask the question, hey, how things going? How's your week? And it's almost like the default you know, response that you get is like, oh, man, we are so busy. I right. mean, right now, we I'm are guilty. just like slammed. Yeah. You know, people talk about, oh, yeah, you know, we're, I think I think right now we're busier than we've ever been. Right. It just, it just seems that way. Yeah. And, and so yeah. what happens is I think so often we just, like I said, we become so programmed. It's like the, by default, that's just like the first thing out of our mouth. 
Right. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that I think for a lot of us, because we are living such fast-paced and hectic lives and lifestyles, that we have found ourselves becoming overstretched. We have found ourselves perhaps getting out of balance because we're trying to cram so much in in a 24-hour time frame over the course of a week. And it does seem like you're kind of going from one season to another that just seems to be maxed out. Right. And I think we have the expectation that we're going to get to the season where we're not. Right. And that never <laughs> happens. And we'll talk about that here in just yeah. a second. But but, but can, can I say something before we go any further? Absolutely. <laughs> because I have to confess something. Okay. Here we I, go. I'm, I'm, we're, we're kind of talking to the choir tonight because this talk We're is actually for us. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. not for anybody else because nobody else can relate to this. Only we can relate to this, right? Well, we've got our kids in the in the audience tonight, <laughs> so I think they could raise their so hands the and bottom, say yes. Yeah, the bottom line is, is that <laughs> we all struggle. Yeah. So we're fellow strugglers. The, there, I don't yeah. think there's ever a time in your life where things get easier or things perhaps even slow down. And so... You know, because of that, I think we have to really start figuring out, okay, well, if things aren't going to slow down and things only perhaps even get more challenging and busier with more responsibilities or, you know, different transitions that we go through in life, right. then the bigger question is, okay, well, what, what's the solution to that? Or, or how do we have some sense of balance or regain some sense of sanity in what, um, in what we're doing and how we're actually approaching our work week, and our family relationships. I think the thing that seems to stand out to me, perhaps more than anything, is the fact that we live in a culture where there's a motto of more is better. Right. And busier is better. I mean, it's just like it's everywhere we turn. I mean, every time you turn on TV, we are bombarded with advertisements that are reminding us of all of the things that we don't have and they're putting in front of us of all of the things that we actually want and need that will make us happy, or at least that's what they claim. And so what happens is we buy into this lie or buy into this myth that more is better, busier is better. We want to go here. We want to go there. We the feel pressure the pressure of, of family, too, and, and kids in school and Oh, yeah. I mean, it's endless. Yeah. That, so Extracurriculars. Yeah, and then and then yeah. it, it's this pressure of upgrades. I call it upgrades and experiences. So yeah. we we want to constantly be upgrading to the latest, greatest, best thing. Yeah. We want bigger, better, faster. And then in addition to that, we want to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, we're flipping through Instagram. We're we're looking at somebody else's latest vacation or what they're right. doing, and we're thinking, "Wow, man, that's so cool. Wish we could do something like that." And so there's this pressure to constantly conform, compare, compare, yeah. compete, and so right. all of these things begin to eventually, I think. Um, kind of set themselves up with a what I call a pattern of busyness. Okay. And here's That's how right. the pattern of busyness actually works. Yeah. It kind of goes like this. You start out with good intentions. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, what could what could be so harmless than signing up for soccer? I mean, what what right. what could what what could be so innocent than, you know, um, you know, saying yes to a group of friends that, you know, want to go out and do this or do that. I mean, what could be wrong with, you know, maybe an opportunity that we get because of a door that's been open for a new job opportunity? I mean, it's going to be great. And so what we begin to think about, what we begin to 
you know, process in our mind is that these opportunities are good things. And these good things are going to mean a lot of good things to us down the road. And job advancement, you know, um, new opportunities, more things to be exposed to. So they're all good intentions right? that we often start out with when right. we say yes to all of the things that are presented. But yet those good intentions will ultimately lead to commitments. Right. And so the commitments the begin C-word. to <laughs> add up. So yes, the commitments start filling up our calendars. The commitments that we say yes to yeah. now all of a sudden begin to compete with our priorities. Right. And so when the commitments begin to compete with the priorities, okay, now that pattern continues because those commitments have now become distractions. And so what happens is, is that now the things that we say are actually important to us. Now we're having to constantly fight and compete with just trying to really survive our schedules and our calendars because we've said yes to so many good things that now we don't have time for the best things. And so as a result, what happens (laughs) is that as the pattern continues is that now we feel pressure. We're feeling the pressure and the stress that comes with a crazy, hectic lifestyle, all the commitments on our calendar. We're having to now pay for a lot of the things that we've said yes to, and that creates an additional pressure and stress. And so now all of these pressures begin to ultimately lead to resentment. We're thinking to ourselves, well, how... How did I get myself into this? And we have this regret, we have resentment, because we found ourselves falling into this pattern, which really is kind of a slippery slope. And, be, and again, we, we started with good intentions, right. but now we have a sense of regret because we've said yes to so many things, and those things have robbed us or even crowded out the things that we say are actually most important to us. Right. I love that Stephen um, Covey quote that says, things that matter most should never be at the mercy of things that matter least Absolutely. in our lives. Absolutely. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, when you, when you going back to the whole, you know, really theme of what we're talking about in this episode is how do you balance, you know, work and family? Is there, is there even such a thing when it comes to balancing work and family. And I just want to say this. If there's one thing that's kind of like a take-home, it would be this. Busy is not better. Mm. Better is better. That's anti-cultural, you know? Absolutely. Because busy is th- supposed to be better. But I think the it's worth repeating. supposed to be filled Right, that's, that's what they want us to believe. But busy yeah. is not better. Better is better. So I think we yeah. have to ask ourselves the question, okay, well, <laughs> well, what does better even look like? I think we have lost what the true picture or even definition of what the better life should be and could be because busyness has crowded it out. I mean, right. what, how, would you, how would you describe the better life? Ah, well, based on... Where we're at in parenting right now, where we're at in um, our life with business right now and our marriage, I would say the better life is is making some space, making a little bit of margin in your life so that you can say yes to the things that truly are the best in your life and not just sticking with the things that you've committed to and really taking a look at that. Yeah. So you have to kind of face some things that are not truths. Truly, our culture does tell us that, you know, you're... If, if you're busy, that's better. And if your kids are busy, it's so interesting to me that we're kind of taught this thing that you should fill their schedule so they don't get in trouble. 
you know, keep them out of trouble. So keep, keep them busy, busy, busy so they don't get in trouble. I don't know that that's actually true in life, you know, and I think that we've had to learn that the hard way um, with our kids and, and learn what kids' personalities are like and how much time they need to be busy because that kind of depends on our personality as well. But there are um, some lies that we believe when it comes to balancing work and home. Absolutely. So let's talk specifically about how do you how do you build margin how do you how do you create some space yeah. for your relationships for your family how do you create space and build margin into you know your work week so that those things that we say are important to us we actually get to experience those things right. and so i think there are three things um, that we can ultimately apply when it comes to bringing a sense of balance to our lives and to our schedules. So you want to start out with those? Sure. Um, number one is admit the lie. So you have to admit that we've kind of bought into the lie of our culture that busy is better. And some of the lies that we believe is there's just not enough time to do everything. Yeah. Kind of interesting thought. Um, it's just a busy season that I'm in right now, like we already talked about. It's just a busy season. It's it's not that it's a season. It's busy. It's the person that's busy, yeah, really, hear, in our lives. Yeah, I hear that constantly. Yeah. I mean, that's almost like one of those classic default s- statements that we kind of fall our, fall into. Is like, oh yeah, we, we're we're just we're in such a busy season right now. And right. I know where people are coming from because I say it all the time. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's not that the winter is not busy. Summer is not busy. We are busy. People are busy. Right. That's right. And um, the last lie that we believe is, but there's really things that are important to us right now. Um, which is the tyranny of the urgent in our life. What is what is urgent gets the most attention and t- takes up our schedule and our time. Right. And, and everything from our perspective is important. So because everything's important and everything from our perspective is urgent, we end up saying yes to a lot of things that we actually should be saying no to. Right. And so, again, the trap or the temptation is, is that, well, it's a season or, yeah, things are just really busy or right now this is what I'm going through is really important. And so we begin to believe sometimes the lies or the myths that society wants to continue to reinforce. But the, at, at the end of the day, we've got to confront those things and we got to admit the fact that those yeah. are truly myths. Right. I we mean, all have 24 hours a day, 168 hours a week. Right. You know, absolutely. Right? We all have the same amount and, of time. And we choose how we spend that time. We right. choose what we say yes to. Right. We choose what we say no to. Right. So it really does. I think it begins by just taking, the, I think it's just looking at things objectively and looking at our lives and looking at where we are and really asking ourselves the question, are we living the better life? Right. Or are we busy? Because obviously busy is not necessarily better. So if we're going to get to the better, then we've got to, first of all, admit the lies or at least confront the myths that we have found ourselves perhaps believing and conforming to. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is name your distractions. And this mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. I mean, you got to call them out. You got to call the distractions out by name. Number one, this little guy, <laughs> the iPhone. I tell you what, or your phone. 
um, technology is a huge distra- distraction to our time. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, so we got to name them. Well, we're living in a technology driven world and right. society where because we've got, you know, access 24 7 to every single thing that we could possibly imagine from text messages to DMs to. You know, to people who, you know, from their perspective, everything's important and urgent. So, right. you know, they, they want you to respond to emails and text messages, you know, at all hours. Right. And so we have to not only name those distractions, but I think even name the things that are crowding out and competing with our schedules. Rather than allowing some downtime and some margin, we got to say, okay, well, how, how much is enough? When it comes to what we say yes to. So if we got one who's in dance lessons and one who's in soccer and one who's in baseball and we're Mm -hmm. signing up for competition (laughs) cheer and we're going from here and we're going to there and we're doing all of these things. Well, none of those things are bad in and of themselves. Those are good things. But how much of that do we need? Right. And I think that's where we have to start really identifying and putting on paper what those things are. And I think sometimes it's important, Michelle, that families just say, okay, we're going we're, we're gonna to have a powwow. Or maybe a couple goes out on a date night and they get their schedules and they just start whacking. They just start right. eliminating the things that they're identifying right. that are standing in the way. I think something that happened to us that was kind of interesting with our kids as they were transitioning into high school, um, they were good at a couple of things, you know? So Ashlyn was great at cheer and she was awesome at tennis. And we just decided that the kids really could not do more than one activity. This is just an example for us, what right. worked for us. And so we made them kind of make the decision and decide because we know in life that really we have to invest our time in the things that we're gifted at and that we can be best at. And so that was a way that we, we were able to help them. And she chose tennis and people thought she would, that, you know, we were crazy for taking her out of cheer. You know, you should be in everything. Um, but but she she chose tennis and we, and we focused on that. Right. And we realized that the other things were really just a distraction from being her best at that one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it again, the myth sometimes is more is better, but really right. less is better, less is more. It can be, you know, more from the standpoint of having more opportunities because now you're, you have more time to do the things you want to do. You have more, um, I think in many ways, maybe more success because maybe you're, 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 you're focusing your energies and your strengths in specific areas. You do what you do best because we can't be great at everything. Right. And so at some point, I think I heard someone say, you know, that the, the key to, concentration is elimination. Yeah. And so, and I also heard someone say, you know, kind of like Speaks a, um, to me. like a, a rose, you take a rose bush, you know, when you see a, a beautiful rose bush with all these beautiful roses, well, a, you know, a gardener will tell you one of the most important things you can do is cut the rose. And, you know, you think, wow, why would, why would you cut this beautiful rose when it's in full bloom? Right. But one of the reasons for that is because one rose bush can only support so many blooms. And so the more you trim, the more mm-hmm. you prune and cut back, it actually provides a healthier bush and it brings forth even more beautiful flowers yeah. in the future. So yeah. I think it's hard, but you have to to admit the myths and the lies, and you have to name the distractions right. of those things that get in the way. I heard someone say, yeah. say this, before you say yes, 
you've got to look at your priorities and say, okay, what is important to us? Make a decision prior on the front end, prior to jumping into something that maybe you haven't really carefully thought through, but know up front on the front end prior that this is what we're going to do. Because if you don't, the other end of that is the itties or the priorities. Right. The itties will get in your way. That's right. They got to say no to the itties prior to what you're saying yes to. That's right. Priorities. That's right. So number three is to choose what is better. It's pretty obvious, but choose what is better. You know, our lives are so full of so much stuff. Um, and, and we just have to know in our mind, what are the big rocks that, the, that we're going to put in first in our life? What is the most important thing? And we do have to decide that prior because life passes us by super, super fast. Yeah. I think I talked about that last week. Number five is coming up. And Rodney mentioned Hawaii five <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. I don't know why you think I'm taking you to Hawaii. But <laughs> don't anyway. you think it's a good idea? They well, all think it's a great idea. All right, show me the money. Okay, okay <laughs> but you we do have it. to put the the big rocks in first, and um, for us, you know, at least it, it, in our lives, faith is a huge thing for us. And I've learned in my life, if I don't do that first and put that on my calendar first, it won't happen. You know, I will begin to jump onto technology and and do those type things first, but it in my daily routine, I had to put the big rocks in first and faith is huge to me. So knowing and, and reading the scripture is, is huge to me because it sets the day for me. And then I can move forward in my day with a focus that I really need in my life. And then, you know, one day a week, I make that a priority with our family and um, faith is huge for us. Yeah. I think the, the best illustration that really, um, I think captures this when you think about choosing what is better, it is, it's, it's the, the analogy of putting the big rocks in first, right, you know, right. first things first. Yeah. And so you mentioned your faith, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual rock, there's a relational rock. Yeah. Um, you know, for some, it might be their health. It's a physical rock. Right. You know, for others, it might be just the emotional, just making sure their cups, you know, are being filled you know, where they're, they're being replenished rather than being emptied out all the time. Right. So, you know, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, physically, I mean, those are major rocks. Those have to go in first and all the other things will be added. But if you try to add all these things and cram everything in, because we've bought into the lie or the myth that more is better. And then you try to add those important priorities after all of that, it doesn't fit. It won't work. No matter how we try to force it, it's not going to work. Right. So I think we have to really take a strong and hard look mm-hmm. at, okay, what is important to us? Right. And we'll do a whole nother episode on values because right. obviously our values is what defines and drives our priorities. Right. And so as a recap, yep. we have to admit the lies. We have to name our distractions mm-hmm. and we have to ultimately choose the better. We have to choose what is better for our lives, for our marriage, and for our family relationships. That's right. Well, we're about out of time, and we're looking forward to our next episode. But we do uh, trust that this has been helpful to you. Once again, we would encourage you to 
um, rate and review this podcast and please share this on social media with your friends and make sure that you tune in for our next month's episode on the family shift. But until then, we want to encourage you to stop the drift and to make Make the the shift shift and to start living with greater intention. That's right. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. If you're receiving hope and encouragement from this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and share with your friends on social media. You can also receive the Family Shift Discussion Guide and show notes right into your inbox by signing up or download the discussion guides by going to rodneygage.com forward slash podcast. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage.